and welcome to this podcast in the Collier Bristow Employment Conversation Series. My name is Patrick Wheeler and I head the data protection and IP team here. I'm joined by Patrick Kilgannon, an associate in the employment team who is a specialist in the field of issues relating to artificial intelligence, which is the subject and topic for today's discussion. Morning, Patrick. Morning, Patrick. Right. So I suppose the uh, the most important preliminary question to ask is, uh, can you just talk very briefly or, or just give us a very brief overview of what AI is or, or what it means, I should say? So, yeah. So I think, yeah, as you say, preliminary starting point is definitely let's look at what AI means. So AI doesn't have a single agreed definition, but it can broadly be captured by the idea of making machines uh, more intelligent. So it's the concept that machines could work in the same way as a human, but more efficiently and with better results. So whilst the end game is ultimately for artificial intelligence to act without human involvement, in creating an artificial intelligence system, there is often human input. You you have to program the system to draw conclusions from the data. And to do that, there must be an analysis and understanding of human thought processes and how those thought processes precede action. Um, then, Then you must look at, there must be a method of describing that analysis, using that method of describing the analysis to inform the instructions for the AI system. So often you have these human biases that can get coded into software systems. Now, at the core of AI is the algorithm, and this is the steps that the programmers have created that instruct the computer to use a data input and create the output. So often, the more inputs, the more data that is inputted into the system, the better the output is, as there is a greater comparison ability. So AI can be used over a variety of employment-related situations. It can be used to monitor employees. So you can generate, um, look at absences. You can have auto-generated ratings instructions, work allocation, a whole variety of factors that AI, AI can be used in. But as, as talked about uh, briefly then, AI is really only as good as the data that it's, give, it's been given. Yes. And this has the massive issue that data is not always neutral. And further than that, algorithms can often become so sophisticated that humans might not actually understand what's going on. For example, I think one of the issues which I'll I'll touch on a bit more later is that there's lots of research at the moment suggesting that certain AI tools are actually actually less accurate with people with darker skin. Thank you. I think that that's very helpful so that we we place what we discuss now in a bit more context. So what would you say are the key legal interactions? Yep. So I think we've got a variety of legal interactions here that it's worthwhile employers being aware of. I think you have discrimination aspects as just touched on briefly there, which I'll I'll go into more detail on shortly. Uh, We have unfair decision-making from these AI systems. We have interactions with human rights, particularly the right to uh, private life. And then also we have the data privacy and GDPR perspective, which we'll touch on at the end. So taking the first of, of those issues, the discrimination angle, under UK law, the Equality Act protect employees from discrimination on grounds of their protected characteristics. Now, these are uh, there's none in total. We've got sex, race, age, disability are just, just some other ones to mention. And this, this area of employment law was already displaying some tensions in relation to artificial intelligence. So as in March, actually, this year, um, Uber came under fire for its use of facial recognition software as that after there was evidence that it wasn't actually being accurate with skin colour. 
the lack of recognition of certain non-white faces resulted in Uber drivers being banned from the platform and losing their income streams. So obviously you can see that's that's quite quite a serious um, potential risk there. And this has further been demonstrated in America, where there was an example of an AI system that assisted judges in determining sentencing. However, there was an issue with the initial data set the system had been given. So this meant the AI program was twice as likely to falsely predict that black defendants would be repeat offenders. So it, it almost it was almost as if the AI itself had become discriminatory. So you've got issues there with the, the technology itself not picking up uh, facial recognition, but also the human error of, of inputting data. So under UK law, if that, that happens here, those, those errors... I've just talked about would open up a discrimination claim uh, for employees if the AI system itself treats employees differently because of one of their protected characteristics. You have a good chance of creating a direct discrimination claim. Employees in the UK are also protected from and against um, indirect discrimination. So th this broadly means that any provision criterion or practice that's that's termed a PCP that puts in place a disadvantage on an employee because of their protected characteristic. Anything that happens in that sense that puts a disadvantage on them is prevented under UK law. So as, as an AI system that's based mainly on um, an underlying algorithm, which is essentially a set of rules, that is likely going to be classified as a PCP and could, in theory, give rise to an indirect discrimination claim. Yes. Interesting. Uh, just thinking as you were talking, I was wondering who might be liable here. I mean, clearly uh, an employer who uh, who used the AI um, and presumably had some control over the data would, would be liable um, or potentially liable. I just wondered whether the business that's responsible for, for writing the algorithm or inputting the data might also potentially be liable. I realise this is a bit of a curveball since we haven't discussed this, but <laughs> is, is this something... Uh, you know, uh, has this given rise to any discussion that you know of? I'm sure there'll be claims potentially between the employer and the, the AI service provider, but ultimately these employees would have a claim on based on their employment relationship with, yes. with their employer. Okay. Sorry, I'll, I'll let you carry on. <laughs> Not at all. Um, so just on potentially some like advice of, of how employees should be managing these aspects in relation to discrimination, the Trade Union Congress recently published a, uh, a paper called the Worker Experience Report, which found that the implications of AI used in the workplace were quite unsurprisingly not, not fully understood by employees. And moreover, and, and more worryingly, employers who had purchased AI products and implemented them for their own business, they themselves often had little understanding of the implications. Um, so it's just a flag that when when employers are bringing in AI, so AI software from around the world, and particularly in from America, where employment law is different and data protection law is different, uh, they need to be careful when deploying these AI systems and when they don't understand how the software works. Otherwise, they do face the risk of relying on an imperfect system, which could result in uh, discrimination claims. So that's that's briefly on uh, the discrimination aspect. Now moving uh, on to the risk of unfair decisions. So under UK law, for a decision to dismiss, to be fair, it must fall within the range of reasonable responses. And this may have to be explained or justified by a human that has relied on the data created by AI. So due to, due to 
artificial intelligence's um, complexity, the process resulting in this data can often be inaccessible. So if, if an employee is dismissed and they've not been informed of the data that has been used to come to the decision or how that data has itself been weighted, it's quite likely to be an unfair dismissal. So AI, in this sense, can make decisions that impact incredibly directly on an employee's livelihoods. So often businesses use AI, as I touched on in the, in the introduction, for performance reviews or disciplinary issues or dismissals. So a further consequence of the use of AI is that there could be a breach of the implied term of uh, mutual trust and confidence. So if AI is used to dismiss an employee and an employer is unable to actually explain how the AI system came to its conclusion, whether that 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 could be because it's too complex or because there's a black box issue, then there's quite likely to be a breach of that implied term of mutual trust and confidence. So um, a, a black box issue, that is a term that captures the inability of some AI software to explain the rules and logic followed in reaching its decisions. So And employers are most likely going to be unable to hide behind that black box issue to justify an inadequate explanation in dismissing or disciplining an employee. So that, that's one to watch. And then the next issue that I'll touch on very briefly is the infringement on Article 8, the rights respect for private life. So as... as the Human Rights Act, is it? Yeah, and yes, exactly. Yeah, um, so private space of employees is obviously being eroded. It's quite an intrusive process of of getting into employees' data, uh, keystrokes, all other forms of automatic software that, that can be used um, via the AI system. And that would fall within the Article 8, uh, right to private life. So often you'd be able to capture this and explain it in a way that it's a legitimate aim. For example, checking employees are performing in a professional way. That's that's a legitimate aim of, of using AI software in, in the under the... Um, Article 8, respect to private life. However, there are limits to this, and it's important to consider whether achieving that aim, i.e., you know, ensuring that employees are staying on task, you have to ensure that's done in a proportionate way, otherwise you do risk breaching that right. So that's um, sort of a, a brief uh, whistle-stop whistle -stop tour of the employment-related issues. So just wondering, Patrick, what issues are you seeing with artificial intelligence and how that is impacting on uh, data privacy law and how that interacts with the GDPR. Yes, well, well thank you, Patrick. That, that, that was very, very interesting and a very helpful overview. From, from a GDPR perspective, people might be uh, aware of, of a publicity surrounding Google DeepMind, which is an AI program that has been used to analyze health data. Uh, and they were given access to the data over, of over 1.6 million patients at the Royal Free Hospital in London to enable them to, to perform various uh, analyses on that data, basically to try to improve health outcomes. But uh, the issue was that uh, there was automated decision-making and uh, the, the patients felt that they had not been properly uh, informed uh, of uh, exactly what was going to happen to their data. So this gives rise to a number of questions. The issues for employers is, uh, have employees been notified that their data is going to be processed uh, using an AI program? Are they happy with this to happen? Do they understand what's going to happen? And uh, this also leads into some guidance from the ICO, the Information Commissioner's Office, 
uh, and they've published a paper. It's actually a few years old now, but it's still got some very uh, interesting points coming out of it. Uh, and the ICO uh, became increasingly concerned that the use of big data, AI, and machine learning had become so widespread um, that the effects on personal data, and in particular, as Patrick has mentioned, uh, sometimes uh, sensitive or special category personal data, which deals with issues like health, sex, religion, and so on. These, these issues um, really needed to be thought through very, very carefully before, before the program was employed and used. So just very briefly, what the ICO have done is to come up with a series of recommendations. And these are that any organization that wants to use AI should first give very careful consideration to whether uh, data analytics, the ones they want to use, actually requires the processing of personal data. So can they achieve the objective they want to achieve without using personal data? Now, obviously, in, in many cases, that it's an absolute necessity to have the, per, the, the personal data. But in those circumstances, is it possible to anonymize uh, the personal data so that if there were a breach, it would not be clear exactly whose data was being used and referred to uh, before it's analyzed? Um, the, the second recommendation is the importance of being transparent. So this is one of the key principles of the UK GDPR, transparency, about the processing of post personal data. And the way in which they can do that, they can use a combination of approaches uh, in order to provide really meaningful privacy notices. So not just a notice they might have grabbed off the internet, but a privacy notice that actually explains what's going on. And this uh, might need to be updated at various stages throughout um, an AI project. Um, so in informing employees, they could have uh, an intranet, for example, that could have icons, just-in-time notifications, layered privacy notices, so that you can, you've got a question, you can go further down, further down the list, click on a link. All of this is around uh, making employees fully aware of exactly what's going on and how their data is going to be used. The next recommendation is that um, organizations should undertake privacy impact assessments. So this is an assessment which looks at the entirety of the project and works out exactly how uh, personal data is going to be impacted at each stage. And in this way, it helps to identify privacy risks uh, and assess the necessity and proportionality of any given project. And again, necessity and proportionality are key principles for UK GDPR. Um, and in that uh, privacy impact assessment, they're probably going to need to have input from all levels through management down to the most junior employees so that everybody feels that they are engaged in and have some input into, uh, into this assessment. In addition to that, uh, all employers should approach any project like this with the principle of privacy by design. So this is, again, another key UK GDPR principle, and it involves implementing technical and organizational measures to address all matters relating to data security, uh, to make sure that it's uh, as, as safe against hacking as possible, data minimization, so that absolute, uh, only the absolute bare minimum of personal data is used, and data segregation, again, so that uh, it's not easy to identify exactly whose data refers to which individuals. Uh, and then the next recommendation is to develop ethical principles. So these should reinforce key data protection principles, uh, and employees in smaller organizations 
can use these principles as a reference point when they're working on big data projects. And then the final recommendation is to implement innovative techniques to develop auditable machine learning algorithms. If you have your algorithm, you have to be able to interrogate it to make sure that the way in which it's operating and the way in which it's supplying the data it is not subject to uh, bias wherever possible uh, and that you understand exactly how the data is being used. So both internal and external audits could be undertaken to, to try to work this out. So I think the overall message is that um, it's not something that you employ lightly. You have to give a lot of thought to uh, the use of AI within any organization. Its impact on employees, its impact on customers, uh, its impact on suppliers. So it's uh, the, 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 there's, a, there's a lot to be done, a lot to be thought about. And as always, uh, Collier Bristow are here uh, and uh, we are very well, willing to help to provide advice and guidance on any of these, these aspects. Patrick, any other final thoughts before we close this session? Yeah, just a few. So first of all, I think it's quite interesting that certain principles in the data privacy sphere, such as transparency, how they're also quite crucial in the employment law aspects, you know, an example in the transparency in decision making and how that data has been used. So that's the first thing. Um, second is that AI, I think, ultimately going forward, um, it's going to develop more and more over the years and it's going to become more and more important for businesses. However, it's just for employers to just be slightly cautious as this technology does have wide implications. I think particularly uh, employers should be aware that AI is not infallible and it should be aware of some of the lack of transparency in its outcomes. So if, if employers do bring in AI systems to assist with decision making, they should make sure they have limits on how how it's used, and also how the AI is used within the business is communicated to employees. So another finding of the, um, the, the TUC in their worker experience report showed the lack of consultation with employees where AI systems were implemented. So I just I think it's important in this situation that employers should be getting employees involved at quite an early stage in deciding how best to use AI within the business. And they should also enable employees to access sufficient information about how the AI system is being used so they can be assured that it's being used in a lawful, uh, proportionate and an accurate way. Thank you, Patrick. Well, uh, thank you to everybody who's listened through to the end of this podcast. Um, there are others in the series, so please do uh, have a look at the website and uh, click on any others that uh, you would find interesting. Thank you again for listening and goodbye. Mm-hmm.